You're listening to The Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Thank you for listening. So this week's episode, really a fun episode. I got through uh, just a minute ago recording this and uh, waiting for Joe to send it on over. I'll just be honest with you. And uh, actually, we had a blast doing this one. We did some good topics. Talked about the shots in the NFL. Talked about some updates. Who's where? How well they're doing? Uh, TD hit some really important highlights and some really good info about the first scrimmage. But the the thing that I've had the most fun with, and you're going to hopefully enjoy this too, was me versus Info Joe, day games versus night games for our Shauna Clears. I thought it was cut and dry. I thought I made a good argument. Joe made a good argument too. I got to give him that. However, we want you to decide as well. So we're going to be sharing out information. Uh, we already had one Twitter poll about it, but we want to get more from you. So you'll be checking our uh, Twitter account at the Strut Podcast. Uh, be ready to share with us what you think is a better way to go. So without any further ado, here's this week's episode. Welcome, Strut Nation. We're proud to welcome our newest sponsor, Warhawk Coffee. Want to get your day off to a fast start? Have a decent midday and just plain crash at the end? Then you should try Warhawk Coffee. Warhawk Coffee is made in the heart of Monroe, Louisiana. It has extra caffeine for that strong kick to look sharp early, just in case of a big-time meeting with someone you need to be sharp around. It comes in these delicious flavors, Bowden Bold, French Boogie, or just plain old Bayou Bland. Try Warhawk Coffee. You'll be out of the bed and beating no one important in no time. Just listen to his testimonials. I tasted it. There was no punch. Maybe the caffeine doesn't work in Conway. That's from Coach Jamie Chadwell. It really worked on us, from Hugh Freeze. And, hey, even though I'm getting top talent, Warhawk Coffee worked during our game. They beat us 12-7 in week two. That was from Deion Sanders. That's right, folks. It's Warhawk Coffee. You won't finish last because Arkansas State is in your division, too. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in for another episode of the Strut Podcast. We're coming to you live. Oh, sorry, applause. Sorry, that was the applause sign was up. The applause sign was up. <laughs> We're coming to you live, you know, from the original broadcast booth of the Strut Podcast, the front porch on the corner of Collins and Ninth in downtown Conway. Uh, grab your refreshment. It's going to be a good ride tonight. Uh, I have been kicked out of my house from the coastal room, the friendly confines of the coastal room as we are back here from a volleyball game. Uh, and uh, so it's nice though, the bullfrogs are barking, the cicadas are doing what cicadas do. 
So and I'm playing really in front of a live studio audience right now. Hey, I'm in front of a live studio audience, and uh, I've got Chili, and I've got Info Joe. I've got Day versus Night. Yin <laughs> versus Yang. How was <laughs> y'all's evening going? Well, mine's going great, except it's about 10 minutes past 8, and it's about three hours past my bedtime since I'm a day guy. And I just drank some more hot coffee, so I am fired up for the start of this. <laughs> well, we've got a jam-packed show for you again. We're going to cover a few things. And I know that uh, Chili covers it in the intro with what the, the schedule is going to be. But we've got some, uh, you know, we've got some exciting things to talk about. We've got some, you know, just some reports from Shantz and NFL and some other things. But Chili, Joe, let's dive right into it. What's up first? I think we're going to look at the our, uh, our current Shawnee Clear players in the NFL, how training camps are going. Y'all, we just finished the first week of preseason NFL games. Um, so if you've got a favorite NFL team, they've probably already played at least one NFL preseason game somewhere at some point. Um, a lot of our Shawnee Clears are in action. Joe, I think you have a collection of you know what they did this past week and some updates on that. So, Joe, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you so you can kind of hit those updates. Okay, and hopefully we won't leave anybody out, but I think we got everybody that's in professional football right now, whether that's in the NFL, uh, the CFL, if you're headed overseas, maybe the XFL, what, wherever they are right now. Of course, as we record this today, the rosters had to be cut down to 85 team, or 85 players rather by 4 o'clock today. Isaiah likely is having a huge camp for the Ravens right now. I tell you what, if you follow him on Twitter, you follow the Baltimore Ravens on Twitter, he is having a big-time camp. John Harbaugh says he will be a factor in their offense this season. There is no doubt about it. He had four catches for 44 yards in their preseason opener the other night against the Titans. So count on him to make a roster. That guy's going to be playing on Sundays. There's no doubt about it. He will be a big part of what Baltimore wants to do this season. Not too far away in Philadelphia for the Eagles, Teron Jackson had two tackles, a pass deflection against the Jets in their preseason opener. Nice montage of highlights on Twitter from Thomas Peterson, who writes about the Eagles. And so in his second season, Teron is really going to make a big-time impact, mm -hmm. I think, for that football team. So that's at least two right there that I feel really comfortable about. Two shots we'll see on Sundays you know, coming up this fall. Of course, Teron played last year, and he's having a really good camp, making a lot of improvements. So – Kudos to him and Isaiah so far. Jeff Gunner for the Cincinnati Bengals also had a good night the other night against the Cardinals, had a sack and a pass deflection. He has impressed a lot of people. You know, we saw it in Conway. He plays with a, a high motor and a lot of energy. So kudos to Jeff Gunner. It'll be a wait and see to see if he makes the 53. But uh, he had a, certainly a big game against the Cardinals in their preseason opener. Javon Hiley also turning some heads in Cincinnati. He had no catches in their first game. But I saw a highlight today where he – caught one in practice and tight roped the boundary and, and stuck the ball on the pylon for a score. So, you know, who knows? I mean, I think Javon's got as good a shot as Jeff Gunner or anybody else in making that roster in Cincinnati. So those guys are, are all the guys I've mentioned all performing well. Unfortunately, Shamari Jones waved a couple of days ago for the, for the Bengals, uh, for the Colts, Tony Chesley, who was mm -hmm. signed in 2019 as an undrafted free agent by Cincinnati. He is still on their roster as of right now. For the Bills, C.J. Brewer, kid I loved here in Conway, played six great seasons here for us. He is still on the on the roster. It may be, you know, kind of an uphill climb. I mean, the Bills are really deep on their defensive front, so hopefully C.J. will find a way to, you know, to battle through and make that 53 at the end of the day. For Tampa Bay, Cam Brown, uh, one of the uh, the roster casualties today is he was waived. For the Browns, Silas Kelly, he is injured. He hasn't played yet, but he is still 
on their roster. So those are the guys in the NFL right now. Josh Norman is still a free agent out there. You know, we kind of, kind of, you know, maybe he gets lost a little bit in the shuffle with the new guys that are in the league right now. Of course, he's been there for a long, long time, and hopefully he will get picked up and have a chance to play this season. For the Edmonton Elks, let's go north of the border to the Canadian Football League. Here's my guy, Enoch McConzo. He started his first game of the season last week against Saskatchewan. He was a first-round, fourth overall pick in the 2022 CFL draft. He has 14 tackles on the season. So Enoch McConzo <laughs> doing some good things up there. He's my man crush. That's my guy right there, former spur for the shots, doing some good things. Uh, in the XFL draft pool, the XFL, again, uh, They'll have their draft in November of 2022. Their training camps will start in January of 2023. Kendricks Gladney, he's also a, 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 a spur player for the Shauna Clears, and so hopefully Kendricks will you know, get, get picked up there in the XFL. Alex Spillum has made his way to Germany to try his hand at uh, football across the sea. So I thought he was going to be a high school coach in Minnesota. I think that's what he planned to do, uh, but I'd seen this weekend that he is making or he has already made the trip to Germany. And uh, he will try his hand at football over there. And then, of course, in the USFL earlier, C.J. Marable, he played on the team that won the whole thing, Birmingham, the USFL champs. He had 400 yards rushing and five touchdowns on the season as they won, again, that USFL championship. So that's kind of a quick rundown, a brief snapshot of where our Shonathers are right now in professional football. You know, I, you know I'm thinking Canada for football. If you love deer hunting, that's your spot. But football in Europe can't be that bad. I mean, Tommy Frazier, who came to the program many, you know, just after I did, he played a number four or five years over in Italy. And I would remember seeing pictures on Facebook. And, you know, they probably wouldn't have more than, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten thousand people. But man, He'd be playing in Rome and in all Florence and and in Germany. He played soccer stadiums, but that can't be a bad place to play football either. If you're not going to be in the NFL or, or Canada, if you will, um, that's got to be pretty neat. But hey, congratulations to all of them. That, yeah, I'd I love to go to Germany and play. Holy mackerel! I, I mean, how, I was about to that, say NFL Europe's got to be a good gig. I mean, you got you got you can probably make a living and see. I mean, like. The size of Europe is about the size of the East Coast of the United States. You're going to be able to hit a lot of places in a short period of time while you're there. If you, I, I've never been, I've seen like, you know, just how close Europe is to each other. Like you could play a home game in Germany next weekend. You're playing off in France just right across the border. So that's, that's a pretty cool gig. I agree, T. That's, that's, if I was, if I had a chance, I'd, I'd definitely jump on NFL Europe if nothing else was available. I mean, Canada's cool and all, no pun intended, but NFL Europe could be a good way to go. And TD, you said about hunting. He's playing for the Edmonton Elks. Just think about that as mascot names on you know, north of the border. That's that's pretty cool. You're you know mentioned hunting, but he's playing for the Elks. Were they the Eskimos at one time? Did they change uh, their name? They were. I, I think they did because that nickname does not ring familiar. I thought Edmonton was. I thought they were something else. And then when I, I just I'm up looking it up Edmonton right now. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get an idea of that. Uh, when I think they happened. were the Eskimos. I think they were the Eskimos. I think they were the Eskimos. But nevertheless, man, what an opportunity for so many shots to continue their playing careers. And look, you know, there'll be a time for them to, you know, as 
guess Coach Biddy say, you got to grow up, be a man, or, or Coach Moglia says, be a man, right? There's plenty of time to have to go pay the bills and take out the dog for the walk and check the mail. Man, to go just play another year or two or three and, and, and no matter where it's at, I mean, you're probably making, I don't know, $50,000. Who knows, man? That For a single, uh, sharp-dressed, strapping young man, $50,000 can go a long way, brother. That ain't chicken feed, my man. No, <laughs> that ain't chicken feed at all. Oh man, it's um, that's awesome. Again, I think it's a it's a it's a it's it's an situation of if you come to coastal, there is a professional path, whether that be academics or athletics. You have the opportunity to do both. Clearly, because this because uh, the number of guys we had just from this one year alone. And then, Joe, as you're reading off some of the um, stats from some of our guys over this first weekend of, of the action they had just this past weekend, I mean, you've got guys that are making social media like Likely and um, Jackson, who's showing a better second year already, and then Brewer, who's making the the Bengals highlights. I mean, I, I got friends that live in Cleveland who have talked to Silas Kelly in training camp, and he signed the Browns football helmet. I mean, they're like, you know, even when he's there playing, as a person as well as a player, he's making an impact. And it's unfortunate that he got hurt. Um, I hope he gets the chance to to heal up and keep playing. But you got you can't you know, deny that these guys that have been in camp so far, the ones that we talked about who've got some good stat lines going, that they're going to make a contribution somewhere in the NFL this coming season. I, I feel that right now, guys, as I'm sitting here just thinking about that. You watch Teron's highlights, and he, he – he, what a twist or stunt or whatever. He comes in one time, hits the quarterback, forces the incompletion. Then then he comes in off the edge and realizes they're going to dump it off to the tight end. He just immediately stops, jumps, gets in the you know, gets his arms in the passing lane, bats the ball down. That's not something, you know, a, a, a second year guy, a six round draft pick uh, ought to be able to do. But he he figured it out and did it, you know, because they they have said he has made a lot of strides, you know, since he's been there, since he's come out of coastal and now, I, I look for I look for big things for him as, as he continues in his career. I really do. It, it may take a couple of years, but I, you know, you just you just see flashes. You go look at that highlight package on Twitter from from that game the other night, and he 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 does a lot high motor. You know, I mentioned a high motor with Jeff Gunner. Good heavens, Teron's got a motor that just doesn't quit. I mean, it is full blast. It's fun to watch. Yeah, and speaking of Gunner, that highlight that the Bengals put out about him rushing the quarterback and getting the sack in that first game they had this past week. I mean, he looked like he'd been playing pro ball for years just by the move he made and how he got to the quarterback. He put pressure and brought the guy, the Cardinals quarterback down. Um, and they replayed that one over and over on the Bengals' social media. Like, just look how easy it was for this guy who's in his first camp to come out and make a contribution. And then I saw a guy who does a blog for the Bengals and does um, – Every day he does a camp report, like a blog, and he talked about, you know, the Bengals' best bets to use Gunter and where to put him and how to play him. So they're already looking at scheme and where to put him where he best fits in that defensive, I guess, strategy they're going to use week in and week out. So not only is he going to make the team and play, they're already thinking about what piece of the puzzle he plays on the defensive front for the Bengals in the season that comes up. Yeah, he didn't get over the top on that sack, but he didn't have to. He got as far up the field as he needed to, and then he peeled off as soon as he saw the quarterback take off. Boom. Great reaction, big-time sack. You know, and again, he, you know, will, will he make the 53? 
you know, who knows? I, I But he keeps having games like that. You know, he keeps playing like that. He's got a great shot. I really, really believe that. Again, I, look, it, it's what we saw in Conway. You know, he's – Gunter's got the frame, right? That's the thing about it is he's got a frame on him that given time and further development, he's got what they call a growing frame. He's going to put on another 10 or 12 pounds, which if he does and can maintain his speed – Man, he's going to be a force to record with coming through the V of the neck or around the corner, you know, on someone. And that's – look, what I love hearing is is you got guys that have been drafted and guys that are preferred free agents where right at the draft over, they get picked up and immediately making a contribution. Like that's – here we are in year 20, and we're talking about now what, two or three guys that have been drafted just in the last two years, mm-hmm. three or four other guys that are free agents that are going to stick with teams. You know, the only, the only thing better is your neighbor cutting grass in the background with you on the porch. There's nothing better than hearing that in the background and trying to do a podcast with your with your with your guys, man. And it's only thing better is Jeffrey Gunter coming through the V of the neck and getting a sack. That's it. That's all. Hey, look, man. When life comes, gives you a lemonade. You got to squeeze it, right? And uh, God bless him. He's cutting his grass at night. I love it. But. Um, <laughs> Chili, is it time? Well, we had a uh, quick um, talk about scrimmage that happened just past this past weekend. Excuse yeah. me, and then yeah. we'll jump into what um, what I'm calling the uh, main event. The main event. <laughs> so you two guys so, went to the. Did both y'all go to the scrimmage, or did one of y'all? I didn't make it. Myself. I couldn't make it Saturday. I, I'm going to be there this coming Saturday night for the night scrimmage. I was not able to get over there. For, some things I had to do here at uh, here at the house. So it was daytime and you couldn't make it. That's what I'm hearing. Well, see, isn't that ironic? It, 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 that's a lot of irony in that, huh? <laughs> I made the scrimmage. Um, sat there. My dad and I um, and, and Maddox went. Uh, but first, we'd like to thank our sponsor for the first scrimmage of the of camp. Uh, the nutrition sponsor of the Strut Podcast is – the Waffle House. If you're not getting the all-star breakfast, you can't expect an all-star performance. Mm. Remember, the Waffle House and an all-star breakfast, a winning combination. He's good, Joe. I tell you what, I'd hire him put him on the air with that. You should, have, you should be on the air. <laughs> we cut something there. Um, it was fun, man. Look, it's something my dad and, and Maddox and I have done. The, the first scrimmage is always an early scrimmage. So the last two years, definitely in the pandemic, we were looking for things to do, right? And, you know, we just kind of took a chance two years ago and said, you know what, let's go watch the first scrimmage. They like to do it. In the, Jamie likes to do the first scrimmage of the year in the morning. And so we did. And we, again, we went to uh, Casa de Waffle for our Spanish-speaking audience. And then we went to the ball game. And I'll tell you what we saw. We saw – I saw bigger, faster, stronger across the board. We've touched on it that I think we're going to be sneaky good, and everybody's saying that we're, you know, all these little blogs and other podcasts and people just talking about the program, right? They don't know a damn thing. And we're going to be sneaky good. We're going to be sneaky good because everybody's expecting us to fall off because we lost Likely and Jones and Holly and Gunter and so forth and so on. We lost the Mighty Mites. What I saw was I saw a deeper team on both sides because, as Joe alluded to, and he's touched on, and, Chili, you've highlighted this too, is there's opportunity. And Coach Chadwell touched on this in the interview, right, Joe? 
there are guys with an opportunity. They see daylight now that they can run to as an opportunity is where before they knew, barring injury, there were eight or 10, 12 guys on offense defense that they were going to be a high motor guy. They were not going to come out unless God pulled them off the field. Let's just call that what it is, right? God or injury pulled them off the field. But now there is daylight. They can run to daylight with regards to their opportunity to contribute. Um, I saw uh, our defense, you know, I, I saw the young guys, the one, you know, the 1v1s and 2v2s. There was some give and take. The offense didn't – the offense drove down the first time and scored, then the defense, you know, got them a little bit. What I love to see was nobody was off limits with criticism. Right between between Jamie and Staggs, with whether it be Gerard Clark or Grayson McCall uh, or Connolly or um, there were Mobley, it didn't matter. Everybody was getting the same encouragement or criticism equally. And what I saw too, I saw the defense and the offense really getting after each other. They were equal in that first scrimmage. And let me tell you something: for folks that don't matter, I was listening to the. I'm going to dovetail two things in real quick. I was listening to the um, the Underdog podcast last night, and the guy that does it is from Georgia Southern. He talked about, in a nutshell, how bad their offense and defense was. Well, guess what? Folks that listen to this, the one thing that makes a, a defense better is a really, really great offense and vice versa. So the better our ones are, the better our twos are going to get, and the better our ones are on defense, the better our twos are going to get on offense. So um, the one thing I saw, too, was, was Grayson took the one – the one reps, Carpenter took the twos, but then uh, I saw um, – God, Joe, my mind went blank there for a second. Um, number seven, backup quarterback. Guest, Jared Guest. Yes, Jared Guest came in, and let me tell you something. For, for, for Sean fans, look, BC has earned the right from his time here, but if Guest has to step in for any reason, Lord willing, doesn't have to, but he has, if he has to step in, that kid's got a live arm. He commanded the offense, went right down the field and scored a touchdown right on the field again and got him in the range for a field goal versus the ones. And what I saw was I saw some popping. I saw bigger, faster, stronger linemen. By the way, the Mighty Mites, we love them. We miss them. But there ain't nobody there is 5'9". Everybody's 6'1", right? I mean, everybody's 6'1". Everybody's over 300 pounds. And there was depth. There was depth across the board. Um, I saw some of our young – Joe, who was the kid I texted you about, number 83? Um, during the during the scrimmage, what was his name? God, I might escapes me now. I should have taken some game notes, but you know how it is, man. When they're they're scrimmaging, some guys are wearing their numbers and some guys aren't. Um, McDoom got in; he played well. Um, that that's that's a youngster that Chad Staggs is really high on. A corner. He got in. He got in with the ones and twos, mainly the twos, and he got in and he hit stick somebody. That I mean, it, you heard it from where we were sitting up up in the stands. And uh, so he laid the boom, McDoom laid the boom on somebody in in camp. Um, You're saying somebody I, got bronzed? Somebody got bronzed. The How about Mick Bronze? Joe, Mick They got Mick Bronze. I got that one in the this year. That, <laughs> so, that guy's going to be on the field. That guy's going to play for us this year. Let me tell you something else, too. Um, and I'm bad with Amazon now because it's camping against people wearing numbers because I asked, I was like, is that who? And they're like, no, he's wearing that number. I'm like, okay, that doesn't help me. <laughs> So Joe, next Saturday when you and I are there, hopefully, hopefully they have the right friggin' numbers on. Um, but the punter, I know this is random, but our punter, our number one punter, ladies and gentlemen, 
the stat came out from last year where we did not allow more than two punt returns and we had zero punt yardage net last year. It's going to be very difficult for people to return punts on us this year because the young man that we got in last year's recruiting class who's in camp this year, that joker was hanging some NFL punts in that stadium on Saturday morning. I mean, I'm talking, yes, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like two, three second hangers, 55 yard. I mean, not once on several occasions under pressure. Simultaneously though, our defense got in and blocked one, right? You know, so there was some give and take there. It was good to see from someone who's been in camp. It was good to see that there was some production on both sides because ultimately typically what happens is the offense will dominate the defense early on in camp. That wasn't the case this time. The offense was efficient, but so was the defense. And so that was good to see. Um, uh, I'm trying to think here. McDoom had a good time. Uh, the kid number 83, what was his name, Joe? You take without, without a roster of who was there at the, at the scrimmage itself, I'm not exactly sure. Let me see here. You text me his name, and uh, it's too far back in the thread now on our text messages. But that young man climbed the ladder. He and Mobley on two occasions climbed the ladder and made, and I'm going to say it now, Isaiah Likely-esque catches during that scrimmage. I'm talking about there was one that Carpenter threw and hung up there, and it looked like it was seriously five, six feet over this kid's head, number 83. He skied up, got it, high pointed it, came down for about 12 yards, got the first down, and the place went nuts. I mean, the sideline, both sidelines went nuts. It was great energy. Um, our secondary is going to be much better. They gave McCall fits. The, the first team secondary gave McCall fits on several occasions, which is a good thing. That's a veteran quarterback with experience that can, that can spin it. And our secondary and, and linebackers gave him fits. Um, we're, well, I gave you Jamison Tucker. It might be Kyrie Duplacis. That might be him. Kyrie Duplacis and, wears number 83 on our roster. Jamison uh, Tucker's 82. That but, kid made an absolute outstanding – I mean, Isaiah likely S catch. But overall, it was good production. Joe, you and I will be there Saturday. We'll watch it at, at 7. I think that's – so if you listen to this, it's free to the it's free to the public. There was probably about 25 or 45 people there for the most part. But uh, I got a hunch with it being a night game, uh, there will probably be more people there. So, I don't know. I don't know about that, TD. I don't know about that. Oh man, a night game, uh, Joe. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, I, I wish I had you know more granular detail on certain people. But again, for those that have been around football camp, especially college or high school camp, most of the guys are wearing the numbers. But sometimes, you know, they they may be wearing a red jersey or something other kind of number that uh, that may not even be theirs. But um, McCall had a good day. The defense, uh, defensive line, got pressure on him several times, and. Um, it was again. It just overall, it was very productive. What we put on film for our guys to go back and and really dissect. Good energy good too, team. man. God, it was great. Again, it wasn't deep analysis, but it was exactly what you would think or hope for in a first scrimmage. It was production on both sides, but the energy in that stadium for an eight fifteen scrimmage. Um, there was great energy in the stadium on the field. I'll give them that. So you're saying, despite it being early, it was still great energy. Of course. 
Yes. 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 Of course. Yes. And just think if you did it at noon, what kind of energy would have then? <laughs> or even 7 p.m. for that matter, Joe. What do you think about that? Yeah. Most people yeah. are in bed by 7, Jilly. <laughs> Who? <laughs> and that is uh, what we call a little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> That's a perfect segue, Joe. Perfect segue. Maybe so, a little tired. You want to take a quick nap first? You want? I feel like I need to. I'm 53, man. I just I hit the wall at 8:30, man. <laughs> so are we? Are we getting into? Let's do the it. Debate. All right. Let's so here it. we go. So today, Strut Podcast Nation, we bring before you the year-long case of day versus night game. There have been many, many discussions, conversations, arguments, and appeasements to is it more appropriate for Coastal to play day or night games at home? As judge and not jury, you, the Strop Podcast Nation, listeners, social media engagement will be the jury throughout the year. Right now, I'm going to allow each of our plaintiffs mm. to dun, submit dun, their dun. cases. Dun, 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 dun. Who, who was a bad? Who, who was a reporter out there? What was that reporter? Doug Llewellyn. Yes, that Doug Llewellyn. That's who it was. I'm three and zero on trivia this year. I'm three and zero on this trivia. True. Doug, Doug Llewellyn, three and zero. So we are going to allow our plaintiffs and or attorneys, whatever it is, somebody correct me later on, to state their case. But first, we're going to start with Chile, and I have an intro that I have to do, that I have to that I have to give you, Strut Podcast Nation. Just so, uh, full, dis full disclosure, um, Joe wrote my intro for me. So I didn't even write my one for me. <laughs> here's a man in high school. He was voted most likely to win a day game versus night game debate. He helped write night moves. You shook me all night long and a hard day's night. And yes, he even co-wrote a ladies' night. Often called the voice of his generation, he is considered to be the foremost expert on presidential trivia, Buccaneers of the 18th century, and Van Halen history. I give you plaintiff Chile. Thank you, TD. Thank you on behalf of uh, Team Chile Nation. Hashtag Team Chili, hashtag nighttime YouTube subscribers. You can see the hashtags and use them. I'm only going to make a quick statement. I'm just going to use a few quotes to help illustrate my point. Saturday nights, all right for fighting. Rock and roll all night. All night long, give me the night and night fever. Oh, and last but not least, I have a prop. I wear my sunglasses at night. All of these great songs were written for a reason. Good things happened at night. And Joe, I think you'll remember this one. Uh, let's go back to mid eighties rap. The band Houdini freaks come out at night. Freaks. Mm -hmm. So I want to point that out to you because I feel like it might be more fun, which is my first argument to have a night game at Brooks Stadium. And yes, if you go to a game, I'm probably going to be wearing these same sunglasses at night anyway. So having said that, uh, my reasons for the night game, I put some on the blog earlier this week, but I'm not going to rehash all those because we want you to go and read what the blogs say. But I will say this. 
I live two hours roughly from Brook Stadium to make a game day. So if we have a noon, one o'clock kickoff, that puts me the day after I've had a long, long work week getting up at almost 6 a.m. to drive a couple of hours. If I'm going to tailgate, I'm going to tailgate. Um, and I have to spend my whole day there. Now, Joe, I know when the game is over at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, I can still drive home and make it home to watch uh, Matlock and Lawrence Welk before I go to bed and get my blue plate special to chat and chew. However, um, night games are more fun because it gives us a whole day to celebrate you know, going to the Coastal game, you can check up on other games happening around the country, the 1 o'clock, the 3 or 4 o'clock, whatever you want to say. And you can walk in knowing that you are the main event now. It's a night game at Brook Stadium. The great games at Brook Stadium have happened at night. TD, you were there for Newberry. You were there for JMU in 2005. Night games. Give me a big day game. Okay, time's up. You couldn't think of one. So that's why night games at Brook Stadium. TD, you're thinking too long. I got That's one. Why. I got one. That was, well, it's your argument, Joe. You're supposed to have nah, one. I got one. <laughs> but for those reasons and some more that I have listed on the blog, because I stayed up late, Joe, and wrote it, I had to get up early and do it. Um, for those reasons, I am clearly on team nighttime because TD, like you said in my intro, I am working on the night moves. Chili wrists. Well, with that being said, we now turn the the argument over to a man that needs no introduction. The current voice that Shauna clears. A man that gets up late, goes to bed early, likes breakfast, drinks his Warhawk coffee. He likes it strong and lets it fade like a good Monroe season. His name is Joe answer. Midday Cash. Midday is perfect. <laughs> See, and I'll probably surprise you too. Now, I'm not going to deny, I'm not going to argue with almost anything that you said. I will give you one not, one day game, though, that is pretty important. And that was App State two years ago. That was a noon kick. I'd also throw Arkansas State in there too, because that was kind of the game I think people looked at and said, hmm, this team has something this season. Uh, you know, if I were a fan, I, and then really when I when I talk about a day game and loving the day games, I'm I'm coming at it from the perspective of a broadcast. You know, I I and really it's it's not so much. You know, I'll give you all the great moments. Many many great moments happened in Brook Stadium at night, seven o'clock kickoffs. No question about that. I was there just like the two of y'all were, right for the big time night games. And, and if I were a fan, I really wouldn't care honestly. If I were a fan. I want a 3:30 kick, even though it's hard to do at our place. What the way the you know the stadium is configured with the sun coming. If we could have put the home side on the other side, right? Which we actually did try to do, but the press boxes. Anyway, 3:30 kickoffs to me are the uh, that's the optimum time for a college football game. Honestly, if I were a fan, speaking you know strictly from a, from a, a fan standpoint. You don't have to, you know, Jilly loves to sleep in. He obviously does not have an alarm clock after that tough, tough week he has to endure. So he needs all this rest he can get Friday night. But even <laughs> he can sleep until about noon and get up and watch some games and then be able to, you know, drive on up and tailgate a little bit and be there for a 3.30 kick. And then when it's over at 7, guess what? You know, you got your night window to take in. So, I mean, you can get the early noon window. You get the 3.30 kick of our game, and then you've got the you got the evening games to watch. 
if I were a fan, the three thirty kick to me would be great. But I, you know, a noon kick if I'm a broadcaster because I can get up early in the morning, eat breakfast, which I like to do. Other people obviously love to, you know, rip Van Winkle all day long. But I like to get up, get a little <laughs> exercise in, you know, go get a you know breakfast, bite to eat with the team, go to the stadium, you know, flip the switch an hour and a half ahead of time, do the game from twelve to four. We're off the air at five, pack it up, get in the car, and like. Chile, I've got a two-hour drive back to, you know, Lugoff, Lake Watery area where I live. Get home by 7 o'clock, watch a few games, and, and you know, and by then, really, by 7, it's past my bedtime. It, it really is. So I've got to take some no-dos on the way home. Get home, get in the bed, you know, get a good night's sleep, get up, go to church the next morning, and still feeling good about the Shauna Clear win that kicked off at noon the previous day that we got to announce. So, so wait, are you saying that? Shauna Clear football and Jesus Christ like a noon kickoff. Now I didn't. I wasn't the one that said that, there, TD. I wasn't the one that said it. But you know, TD, I, unlike Joe, I welcome your questions. <laughs> so what I hear is, what I hear is, I hear a season-long debate. What I'd be interested to find out from my two colleagues here, some data points for these two gentlemen to go back and research. Do the Shauna Clears have a better winning percentage when the game finishes finishes in the light or at night? That's the question. Do we finish better in the light or the night? I, I, mm. I think some research. There's some research. Well, yeah, but I also think I think it ought to be when we kick and not necessarily when we finish, because we we've had some odd times. You know, especially in the TV ESPN Plus age, we have had some really weird kickoffs, especially since we moved to the FBS realm. I mean, we've had we've had three o'clock kicks, we've had four thirty kicks, we've we kicked at five thirty. So it, it's kind of, I mean, do we do we set a time? Okay, if we call it a day game, what's what's kind of the cutoff? Is that two so o'clock? Is that is three o'clock that finishes at six thirty? I have, a similar, a, I have a game. similar question because is where does dusk fall in this in this debate? Well, again, that's that's kind of a gray area too. I mean, that could be a point of that could no be pun intended. Debate. No pun Thank intended. You. Thank you. Mm. No pun intended. So, as a as the judge or the arbitrator in this, you know, the I think we can all agree on one thing though, I and mean, we're going to set the precedent right now. I think we can all agree that nobody on the Strut Podcast and nobody in Teal Nation likes a Wednesday or a Friday night kick. I don't care if it's at noon or at seven, Thursdays or Saturdays. That's when college football is played. Agreed. I all wholeheartedly agree with that. So there you go, Strut Podcast Station. Chili's going to drop some information potentially in a survey format. If you don't have one already, but maybe that's the second one we can put out there. That uh, where do you fall? Does dusk count as day, or does it count as night? Well, it's funny it you say that, PD, because just the last Twitter um, poll was nighttime versus daytime. This is true. This is true. And Joe, my furry little friend, nighttime sixty nine percent to daytime thirty one percent. How many votes, though? I got to be honest. How many votes? Counting my parents and me, three. 
That actually was a decent number. I mean, we were in like the the 50s, which is pretty good for you know about what ours are. So, you know, in all honesty, that's about where we fall on our um, Twitter polls. And you guys do a good job of retweeting it, so we can get more people to see it, which is good. Um, But it was roughly in that area, maybe a little more, a little less. But that was the area we fell in. And I don't doubt that. I mean, again, if I'm a fan, I want the late afternoon to early evening kick. Honestly, if I'm a fan, I want to have that time to, you know, again have the morning, do what I want, tailgate, watch some games, and then go to, you know, go to my game. That's if I were a fan, that's what I would want. TD, I, I look at I look at it like like saying I you know we're of course we're talking about a home game. You know, let, let's say we're on the road at Arkansas State, which you can't one, get to in this league. One PM kick. One PM kick. As a player. One PM kick. Yes. We we, we now, played I, there player on one Thursday one night. <laughs> uh, at Arkansas State, seven thirty Eastern kick. We're we're back in Myrtle Beach at five AM. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chili. Now, unbelievable. Make sure we want to make sure we talk about this. This is we're talking about home kickoff start. Home kickoff. Yeah. I, yes. I'm. A, I'm. A have to agree with Joe. When I'm on the road at an opposing team, I like an earlier kick, unless, unless I have to admit, if it's at like an App State or a Liberty, I'm gonna be honest with you. A later kick, a larger crowd, the energy. But no disrespect to Arkansas State or Monroe or Georgia State, but if, if but if I'm there, yeah, man. Like to his point, if, if I'm going time zones or I'm going really west, I want an earlier kick, man, because that's a it's a long ride home, and man, you're that you feel that until Monday at practice. Uh, we you know we fortunately when I played there, 0206, you know, Liberty was one of our farthest games. App. Uh, you know, we, we didn't really, that was about as far North or West Joe that we went when I played. I'm going to give you a quick off the cuff trivia question for the both of you. What was, since you just brought it up, what was the first game that coastal Carolina football ever played outside of the Eastern time zone? And where was it? And what year was it? Ooh, go ahead, TD. Go ahead and miss it so I can get it right. Out of the Eastern Time Zone. Out of the Eastern Time Zone. I don't think I know this. I think I do. Take a swack at it. Was it Eastern Kentucky? No. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't we go to Lamar in Texas? Before that. We did oh, go to I'm Lamar, not, but it was before okay. that. So I'm not far off. Wait a minute. So East Kentucky, Lamar. We we were still FCS though, right? Yes. Yeah, we were still FCS. It wasn't Montana because I mean Montana. It was Montana. Holy hell! It was Montana. That is right. Joe, we how do we Lamar. count that? Because he said like ten teams before he, he got stumbled to into that one, but <laughs> he tripped and fell yeah, on Montana. Well, no way. That wasn't for me. That was for us. That was for that was for all of it. Okay, because we fair. played You're Lamar. Right. We played Lamar in the transition year. Right, we play 2016 we Lamar. We played, and, I, and, and if I ever get the time on a future podcast, I'll tell you about the plane trip out to Lamar. It was the worst I've that's ever the, been on my entire life. That's the one where if he, that's where everybody found Jesus, right? That was, I mean, for about the first 15 minutes of that flight, you bet, buddy. That's our, you our, bet. We took off in Tropical Storm Hermine that afternoon. I didn't think we were going to survive it. It's crazy. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, yes, Montana 2013. First game we ever played outside the Eastern time zone. 
And then we turned right around the next week and went back out to North Dakota State. Chili, what's our transition, man? So we can go ahead. We were talked about the Twitter poll from this past week. So, TD, I think you're up again for this week's trivia question. Has the show already come down to the, the end of it already? That's usually the end. The, the mine yeah, we're, we're our good. debate took about two hours. You all know if it, you just felt like it was that uh, quick. That's true. That's true. I know. Well, I went to sleep. I missed half of it. <laughs> the Golden Girls woke him up. That's right. Thank oh, you for being man. a friend. <laughs> Joe, if you ever give me a microphone on a Saturday on the sideline, this is what it's going to sound like. Um, <laughs> we just got a running, one, running one, comedy one, show. The heck with a game. <laughs> one, one, one game, they need to have Chili in one end zone, me in the other, Joe at the top, and then Joe Cat. Doesn't Joe Cat through the sideline? Chris Bergen. Bergen. Chris Bergen. Look, dude, we, we can call it a strut cast. Poor, poor Chris, man. He he wouldn't get that word edgewise, but it uh, it'd be great. I have fun. Hit me with the hit me with the uh, hit, hit me with the trivia question. All right, so this is going back to Big South days, TD. Um, five times, CCU offensive players won offensive players of the year. They won it in two thousand four, two thousand six, two thousand thirteen. 2014, and then 15. So three years in a row, the last three. The winners were in 06, Thigpen. Yep. 2013 was Talia Farrow. Yep. 14, Alex Ross. And 15 was Hop Henderson. Who won it in 2004? Oh, I know this. I know this That one. makes it worse when Joe does it. I know this. I, know that. I, don't even, I don't even have to look at anything. I know this one. Oh, it was. It had to be Andres Perkins. I mean, hell, he scored fifty-five thousand touchdowns from the one-yard line. So, what, Andres Perkins? Is that, is that your you. official guest? No, 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 no. Okay. See, how I did that, Joe. I had to. I had to phone a friend there. It wasn't Andres Perkins. Wait a minute. Coastal, two thousand four. I figured it was him because I mean, literally, I love Perk, man. But he he got the ball from one-yard line after everybody else had gotten there. Um, I hope I, he's listening. I, hey, I pick. Hey, look. The number one on Perk's chest was many things. Um, let's see here. It wasn't Perk. It was an offensive player from Coastal in 2004. Wait a minute. Who else was running back then? It was Pat Hall. Um, we didn't throw the ball really that much, so it couldn't have been a receiver. And Tyler won an 06. I'm going to go to Pat Hall. Final answer? Final answer. You're – the answer for 2004 Offensive Player of the Year was Patrick Hall. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Now, Perk, when you hear this, I love you. I say it. But, Bubba, you got to admit, when we got within the five-yard line, we went heavy package. Old wishbone, kind of thing like that. And it was it, – Tyler would go, one's getting it right here. <laughs> and there wasn't nothing you could do about it. Wasn't nothing you could do about it. But – um. Huh. Pat Hall. Pat Hall, for those that are listening, was also, if I remember correctly, a wall fellow. Very cool. Did not know and that. And for those that don't know, a being a wall fellow at Coastal is an extremely prestigious honor, which means you graduated at the top of your class to the business school at Coastal. I want to say that he was a wall fellow. And we'll double check that for next show. I think I'm right. And it, that's the thing, too, that I'd like to do a little more of when we get a chance, man. Highlight some of those academic attributes, such as 
Brad Poston and 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 Brian Keppel, who also graduated with four O's, by the way. Student athletes cool. graduated with four O's. Josh Hoke, I think, was a four O. They were they were all Big South academics, if I remember correctly, Joe. He's looking it up right now, I can tell. So but that's I can see the reflection is, in his glasses because his glasses are really thick because of his age. And you can see uh, the computer screen. That must kill you in the daytime, Joe, that, the reflection, that glare when it hits people. Man, I can see the future with these glasses. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think I drank a Coke one time that looked like the bottom of those glasses. <laughs> oh, man. God, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, TV hey. turned into the father of me and you, Joe, tonight, didn't he? Uh, he he's had to play <laughs> ringleader tonight, right? He's, he's had to oh, – you know, Judge, Judge get, Wapner and everything, right? You know? He, yeah, hey, man, on the next show, we got to get a little uh, – a little law and order. Do, 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 do. No. Do, do, there, 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 there. Um, anyways, hey, to wrap this show up, um, next week we're gonna we're gonna hint to you a little bit. We have just secured another impactful, important individual in this program's history for a walk through Shauna Clear football. And we're gonna be dropping the first podcast of a very very important person we're going to be recording next week off podcast of this to drop additionally i, I made a i made a, i made a promise to jill kingston the shots up app please go to your app store if you're a letter winner in the 20 years of this program go to the shots up app inside the app store of your uh, iphone or android also if you're part of the inaugural football team you should have received a email from the office of the president or the football administrative office letting you know about a really neat event. We're going to be commemorating the inaugural football team the weekend of Gardner-Webb, which is the 9th and 10th of September. If I wasn't supposed to say anything, I have. But if you listen to this, please, 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 if, if you play on that team, please make sure that they have your recent contact information. We it, Look, we owe it, we owe it to each brother that played on that first team and it's been a part of this program to be there. It's a pretty special deal to be a part of that group. And uh, so real excited about seeing everybody back and talking about how we all raise kids and, and pay taxes now. So it should be real fun. Hey, uh, TD, on that same note, I think we probably should be mentioning this too, is um, if you're an alumni of Coastal Carolina, please join the Alumni Association if you haven't already. Yeah. It's important to our school. It keeps – the ones who have gone kind of in the family, so to speak, um, is coastal.edu slash alumni. You can see mine TD's beautiful faces on the website. It's, it's great, Joe. Joe, you might need to get a little closer to the screen and, you know, kind of get like some, you know, light around you. But I mean, there, look there. There it is. But <laughs> this is going to be on YouTube. It's going to be glorious. Um, <laughs> but, you know, please check it out if you haven't joined. It, membership does have its privileges, and TD will attest to that too. It's yeah, we're doing a lot of great things for our school. We love our school. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't love our school. So, please go check, go by and check it out. It's coastal.edu/alumni. If you want to stay in touch with the Strut Podcast, and we recommend you do, please make sure you go check out our Facebook page, the Strut Podcast, uh, Instagram, and Twitter at the Strut Podcast. On both of those, uh, you can go check out the um, blog site. Because Joe and I have been blogging there. Uh, that will be the strutpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can also check out our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, type in the strut podcast, click subscribe, and whenever a you know a video gets loaded up, you will get alerted and you can go watch 
the fun that we've had. This might be our best visual podcast we've had so far in our uh, illustrious podcasting better. career. We're getting better. Maybe I should start doing this from the porch more often. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do my sticky notes more often. I need my sticky notes. I'm looking around my desk here. Don't have any, but believe you me, I will be armed. I feel like Digger Phelps. You know, I'll have plenty of hashtags for my man Chili. <laughs> wake up, Chili. Oh, uh, get up. Ha- hashtag wake up, Chili. Hey, don't forget to walk on Sports Bistro August 31st. Yes. First, Coach Chadwell Radio Show. He and I will have that. And um, every Wednesday night at 7, walk on Sports Bistro. The Coach Chadwell Radio Show starts in just a couple of weeks. We're right around the corner from Army. 105.5, right? The Hank? No. No. Oh, or is it? Who is 99.5. It, who is it WRNA I, Hot Talk. Is it, is it Hot Talk 99.5? Yep. 99.5 Hot Talk. You got to get up pretty early in the morning to fool Joe. That's right. And it will be at seven o'clock is what we're going to do this. Seven o'clock. Look at that. I'll hey, be up for that. <laughs> one thing that Coach Bennett always used to say, though, nothing good happens after midnight. Profound. That means you got to win before midnight, though. That's so, right. Yeah. That's what it's, it's a seven o'clock kickoff. It's a bunch of overtimes. Close out the water. Man, no, no, no overtime games this year unless we needed to win. Let's, let's just win it in four quarters. That'd be great. Agreed. Hey, until next time, next till Tuesday, uh, we'll be recording. And again, Straw Podcast Nation, stay tuned. Look, we're going to continue to grow this thing and evolve this thing. Oh, we were also guests on the JMU podcast uh, that should be dropping. It's the student uh, newspaper that apparently I found out too. Not only goes to the students, but it goes still goes to all the alumni as well. So uh, all three of us are on there. Had a great time with uh, with the JMU uh, uh junior editor if you will jackson and, hefner uh, did a great jackson, job jackson hefner and uh by the way he didn't know how to take us some td i, I kind of saw his face he kind of went like is that how they talk to each other what have and, i got uh, my, myself into is what he had to look <laughs> we were spreading hey. the teal gospel teal nation to the jmu yeah. nation yep so look for that on theirs and uh gentlemen y'all have a great week joe i'll see you saturday at seven yep joe go to bed <laughs> We appreciate you listening to this week's episode. So, uh, where do you fall? I mean, are you a day game person? Are you a night game person? We'll be sharing, like I said earlier, a uh, opportunity for you to interact with us. Now, we already have put out, well, I've put out a uh, blog on where I stand with my night game argument. That's on the strutpodcast.wordpress.com. So, you can go check that out, read my reasons that I didn't share in the podcast tonight. Joe will be sharing out something, I'm sure, pretty soon, as soon as he gets up from his nap. So be ready for that. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We have more information. There will be a scrimmage between now and when we broadcast again, so you'll have some more information about personnel, players and plays. All that important stuff is coming up. We'll have more shots in the NFL update to probably share with you because these guys will be going through their second preseason week, and we'll probably have even more stuff to talk about as camp goes on. As we draw closer and closer, we, I think we have two more beginning of the year podcasts before we actually hit game week. So we're getting ready for Army, like we hope you are too. So hope you enjoy this week's episode. We will see you again next week. 
Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, The Strut Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram, at The Strut Podcast, the blog site, thestrutpodcast.wordpress.com, and go to YouTube, subscribe after you click, I'm sorry, after you type in, excuse me, in the search box, The Strut Podcast. When you get to that page, you'll see the big white shiny clear helmet. Click subscribe. And when you do that, you'll get all the updates when we upload our podcast videos. This one might be the one you want to see. This was the best visual we've had so far, not only because you got to see all of our faces, but everything else that happened that you might not have had a chance to uh, know about if you're just listening. So listen to it, then go back and check it out on YouTube. You'll enjoy it. Thanks for listening.